One, two, three, four, five. Welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. We are on episode 48, which I have nothing clever to say about, but it is our 45th full length podcast. The first three were uh, test things, so. Our first special after hours content one. Oh, God, that's actually true. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, normally we record these Saturday morning. It is currently Friday evening, uh, night for Blue. Uh, he has plans tomorrow, so he will not be available to record the podcast. So, we are making a special exception just to keep the schedule. Indeed. Also, that doesn't mean that it's going to be like smutty or anything, or at least no more than you know the usual dinosaur tacos. Yeah. It does we mean we get on a shirt at some point. That's become like a key integral part of our. <laughs> yeah, considering it's the evening and not breakfast, it does mean that I am drinking beer instead of fruit juice. And I am drinking coffee. It's later over there than it is here. I can't drink caffeine that late at night. Keep me Love up all you. night. All right, topics. We have three of them. Yeah. Uh, Blue, you're starting us off. So, first topic of the day is about uh, kind of things that you see regularly in in, in game design. Um, so, let's say you get uh, you're playing. You know what? That's a bad example. Anyway. <laughs> Um, like, <laughs> the first few levels of a game are generally the levels that everyone really enjoys from a game. Unless it has an epic en- ending, like a really good story or something like that. Just purely based on the game mechanics, people enjoy the beginning of a game because it tends to be not in standing in a, in a fucking uh, zombie-infested, plague-ridden swamp mm. out in buttfuck Scotland. It's more likely to be, you know, a quaint little town with little sheep on the horizon and, you know, people dancing in the streets for the first few levels. Uh, And it looks really nice and it makes you feel at ease and that's the part that you remember, in my opinion, that you enjoy the most. It varies Um, from game to game, but yeah, for the most part, I agree. Uh, (laughs) I before... Hang on. (coughs) Sorry. Before this started, I was talking about Crash Bandicoot 3, which I'm sure many of you will have played, or at least heard of, um, where the first few zones, I think it starts off with like a medieval uh, castle-esque place, and then it's a desert, I want to say, and then I think the third area goes straight downhill with an underwater thing. Oh, wait. Oh, maybe the underwater zone. I don't know. There are underwater... Levels mix in among them, and no one likes underwater levels in any game. I swear it. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it unless you're playing like Abzu or We Need to Go Deeper, <laughs> in which case I mean, every level's a water level. It, like so that's why I couldn't finish Subnautica. Like underwater things in video games freak me out. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's the fact. Uh, I'm not freaked out by the drowning aspect of it. It's the the fact that game developers want to make things... They think more realistic means more fun. And as we've seen by the fact that we always turn off bloom effects and blare... Blare? Glare effects. Yeah. Uh, the same thing with swimming. No one wants to be slowly doggy paddling through the water. Even if you have unlimited breath, it's slow. It's poor for maneuvering. It will frustrate the shit out of you 
when you accidentally swim into a mine <laughs> because you can't stop swimming fast enough. It does. There, there are games, there are exceptions to that rule. Like, one of the games that... So, I think probably the, the reason that underwater stuff in video games freaks me out so much, it dates back to Mario 64, because I played that game when I was a little kid. And, yeah. Um, there's a level in that where you dive down and there are these... It's creepy. It's a shipwreck. Yeah, it's creepy, it's dark, and then there are these holes in the wall, and if you swim too close to them, these giant mm, eels. eels pop out and kill you. Uh, yeah. yeah, that scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Uh, but other games that have done yeah. that, that need, but that one's like what you're saying. It had kind of slow and methodical movement mechanics. Uh, but there are games that have gotten it right. One that I played more recently, Mario Odyssey. Like, you throw your hat oh, in yeah. a fish, and suddenly you're a fish, and you can glide through the water, and it doesn't you know, make everything dark and murky. Um, Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask did it pretty good because you can turn into a Z uh, Zora, one of the, the fish people, and they got fins and stuff, and you can rock oh, yeah. it through the water. So there, there are games that have done it well, but yes, in most games but, they go for that realistic water effect, and yeah. it's shit. Don't get me wrong, that is still realistic because a fish would have that level of maneuverability. I'm True. just saying, the moment you like cut the player's speed in half when the three or four stages into the game it's gonna get boring and they're not gonna enjoy it and it's not gonna make them want to play that level again um I'm thinking. I know especially god the most frustrating thing again playing uh, bringing back to Crash Bandicoot is that all the levels also had time trials and hidden gems and stuff so you and you had to I think hit all the boxes that was it to get a special gem oh. as well and there's all these time pressures uh, time pressure when you're at half speed is even worse. I'd rather be full speed and it be harder <laughs> than, you know, because I feel like I'm failing when I'm just moving normally. Um, there, there are games where... I'm trying to think of this. There was some game I was playing and I just... I found that when I went slower, I... Oh, no, it wasn't um, anything recent. It was in Guitar Hero and Rock Band. Right. Like, once I learned to play on Expert and you go back to the... the the mm. lower levels, everything moves slower yeah. and stuff like that, and you'd think mm. that that would make it easier, but I, I found I found myself screwing up because I had so much more time to think, so much more time to anticipate, and I wasn't just relying on... Yeah. When I was relying on reflexes, I was like, oh, I got this. It just Yeah, you just found an easy rhythm where... Yeah, no, exactly the same with me. When I used to play... I used to love Guitar Hero uh, World Tour on DS. Uh, I was a fucking master at that game. There was one level that I never actually managed to finish, and that was like the hardest difficulty, and it was this riff. It was a single riff, which as far as I'm concerned, is like fucking impossible for anyone who isn't a world championship of those games. Anyway, yeah, um, once you go into Expert, I absolutely agree. When you go back to the early ones, being like, okay, I want to 100% ace these songs with no mistakes, uh, it just becomes significantly harder. Yeah. And you people listening can't see, but I just pulled out a um, rock band controller. And now I'm just fiddling with it while Blue's talking. But, yeah. yeah. It, it applies to other things, too. Like, you've seen this, like, when we play Valorant and stuff. If I, like, wait and anticipate enemies coming around, I tend to fuck up. But mm. when I, like, when I just react and, like, do, like, a quick fire or something like that, I'm t I have a much better chance of actually, you know, hitting my target. Well, that's, a, that's the thing, actually. With 
first-person shooters, they have kind of the opposite problem. They're not doing the same thing every single time like a lot of platformers are doing with just mm. the set design. Valorant, CSGO, Battlefield, Call of Duty, they've all got different ways in which a gun can fire. I know that sounds stupid to people who don't play first-person shooters, but, for example, in Battlefield, if you're shooting over a long distance, the bullet naturally drops, as it would in real life. But in Call of Duty and CSGO, and I think in Valorant as well, there's no bullet drop at all. Um, they also have different spray patterns, so if you're holding down the trigger, then they will shoot in patterns, but each game has a different pattern for all of their guns. And even though most of the guns are exactly the same, um, the difference between Call... no, not Call of Duty, between CSGO and Valorant guns, mm. they're exactly the same guns. CSGO's got a few more, but they are the same guns, but they fire completely differently. They fire, yeah, ex well, the sniper rifle is the most pronounced example of yeah. this. Um, be because when you, when you fire the, uh, oh god, what the hell am I trying to say? Like, the, the, yeah, when you fire the op, like, if you've been moving, like, a split second before you fire it, like, it mm. just doesn't... It, like, it, it's completely off. You have to wait, stand still for a while, and then it's accurate. Whereas yeah, the CSGO on one... Yeah, yeah on, on CSGO, when you just you stop, and then it's... it's um, Yeah. It's done. I, I was trying to remember uh, a quote from uh, Zero Punctuation, which is why I was typing a little bit there. I was mm. looking. I was trying to look it up, but he had a a point that he made about Mario games in particular mm -hmm. uh, during one of his reviews that they all kind of follow the exact same pattern, and he made like you know a rhythm out of it. It was like you know, uh, Grassland. This, yeah. It was like Grassland, Iceland, uh, something something Firewall Boss, and it's like they follow the same. It's like yeah, they do same pattern. The same the same worlds because Mario you have like. The, the grassland world, and then you have the desert world, and then you have the ice world, and then you have the fire world, and then you fight Bowser. Mm. Then the game's over. Yeah. And but uh, there, there are certain tropes, and some games are more guilty of it than others. I was about to say, but then I guess Mario Galaxy kind of broke that trend, but I don't think they did, actually, because I think it was still, like, desert planet, ice planet, a bit of space in between, and then... I don't know. Uh... But yeah, no, um, finishing the, the, the first-person shooter thing, uh, another thing that's different between the guns is that in Call of Duty, if you're running, hmm. I'm pretty sure the guns are still 100% accurate. In pretty much any other first-person shooter, you have to stop moving if you want to shoot accurately. Yeah, the, Call of Duty is, is much more about, like, you, sh you basically just don't move. You, like, or so you don't stop moving. Me, you yeah. can you get a little bit of a increased accuracy at distance, but especially at close to mid range, most of the guns work just fine. Oh, as the uh, the resident expert, what if you are adding Halo into this? What what would the gunplay be like in Halo? Halo's guns don't change at all if you're moving, but okay, they they, they have bullet drop. No, well, yeah, no, they have no bullet drop. Okay, so that uh, Halo is the same as COD, really. Not, not the later Halos. Definitely, they they started to copy COD more and more. But no, um, the bullets the bullets have a bit of a, a spread and a pattern. The further out you go, mm. they're also not hit scan. The bullets have velocity. So, like uh, for instance, 
they don't have bullet drop off, but there's a delay. So if if like you have a little bit more time to to move, <laughs> essentially. Do you, do you want to explain hit scan to the uh, viewers? Oh yeah, you probably should. Okay, so hit scan is essentially um, if if the game has hit scan, then the moment someone pulls a trigger. It immediate. Imagine it just like pauses the game and it draws a line between the barrel and wherever it's shooting. Yeah. And if it's where it's shooting is in like has a player between it, that player gets hit. Yeah, it's like uh, a laser pointer not, as opposed to an actual bullet. Exactly, but you can't see any laser. It just gives the impression like that. If it's not hit scan, it means that the bullet will actually have a, I think, a certain amount of time before the bullet between the bullet leaving the gun and hitting the person, so he could move out of the way. Yeah. So if I'm shooting somebody at like, you know, I don't know, 200 meters or so, there's going to be, a, you know, a split second or mm. so time difference between me firing the gun and it actually hitting my target downrange. So there's a, there's a little bit of leeway in terms of moving. So you actually have to lead your targets when you're firing at long distances in the earlier Halo games. The later Halo games, like Halo 4 and 5, they implemented hitscan weapons and it sucks. Mm. I think hitscan is good for close combat engagements, but when it comes to games like Battlefield, where like there's there's a fucking art to sniping in Battlefield, and I'm my experience is mostly in Battlefield Bad Company Two, which granted is pretty damn old at this point, but how amazing it felt when you're a sniper up on a hill like 500 meters from the battle, nah, not that far, uh, 200 meters from the battle. And you had to aim above their heads, and then you had to wait for the perfect moment when they stopped moving and then fire. Um, there's something a lot more satisfying than just point cursor over a person's head. Like, you had to judge the distance. Um, well, that, that was why we had so much fun with Sniper Elite. Yeah. When we, like, turned off all the, the yeah, easy we, man mode stuff. Yeah, we put it on the, the elite mode, so we had to hold our breaths between shots. We... We couldn't... That was wind. Yeah, we didn't have distance measurements or anything like that. All the, the reticules were turned off. So we were playing it on hard. That was a lot of fun. Oh, it was. Now, granted, we were absolutely shit. <laughs> <laughs> because we had no assistance. And we were trying to have fun. We weren't trying to be like, yeah. all right, at the third strike of the cock, we both fire. And then the sounds of them hitting their heads together with the bullet will sound like a yeah. doorbell. The way um, the way we ended up playing was we'd get a few really good sniper shots off, but we wouldn't try to mask the noise at all. And so then it would alert everybody, and then it was just, you know, whatever. Pull out the submachine guns and let's go. It was basically who's the first person to, to get a kill, so it doesn't matter. Like, the neatness didn't ever matter. When they started flooding, to the German garrison started flooding towards us. And we had our pistols, which were more accurate than our sniper rifles. Oh my god, well, yeah. <laughs> That game, that game is a ton of fun though, and it is very satisfying is. when you get like a, a like a perfect shot off. Unless you know, and then and then the enemy snipers appear and show us how to really play the game. Oh, God, <laughs> we spent like ten reloads trying to kill one sniper. Oh God, we have gotten so oh, far away from shit. where this topic started. Well, no, no, I think it's. I mean, it was about scenery originally, but it was always kind of about the kind of tropes in games. Yeah. That carried over or not carried over. Between, yeah. Across, across the ages. Was there anything yeah. else you want to say on that, or or do we want to move on? 
I'm happy to move on to your, your itching to talk about. I know. And this is such a non-sequitur compared to what we just talked about. <laughs> um, this was something that I was have been thinking about. Um, just I, It should be clear from things I've said on this podcast that I am a massive, like, history buff. Um, I've been... I've Ever since I was, like, able to read, I've been reading, like, history books and stuff. It's just always been a fascination mm. to me. Um, since you were a young warthog. <laughs> since I was a young warthog! Oh, God, now Disney songs are gonna be stuck in my head. So... <laughs> That's I- how I get... managed to switch it to a topic that I understand. <laughs> So the thing I was thinking of, I've I've heard the phrase before, like um, people like say this a lot, like history repeats itself, and mm. they kind of take it as like this definitive adage. Like it's the, the the classic example is you don't invade Russia in the winter because the Swedes tried it, the Germans tried it, and Napoleon tried it. All of them failed and it ended in disaster. Mm-hmm. But that's only from one perspective. They have been invaded. Over land in winter before by other conquerors. I mean, the Mongols did it, and they conquered yeah. them. Like Afghanistan's another example. No, the Mongols were kind of part of Russia, to be fair. Not well, not at the time. We're, when, the place that it was a similar climate. Yeah, but they were they were coming from the other direction. You're right; they were coming from the far east, as it were. Hmm. But my point still stands it, it comes back to what i where i'm go- going with this is that statements like that tend to be from like one historical perspective so from the perspective of europe yes conquering it go marching into russia and trying to conquer them in the winter is a horrible idea but if yeah. you to look at it from an asian perspective no it actually might work um mm. same thing afghanistan was the other example i was thinking of uh like it, that's just just one example. I, there's a quote from Mark Twain that I really like. It's um, history doesn't repeat, but it often rhymes. And I think that's a more accurate way of putting it. Like another mm. one that you hear a lot these days is that you know oh there's just you know there's just there there are no no big wars anymore. Or there's just there, there can't be another one or something like that, mm. which isn't true. I mean if you look at the history of like well if you look at recorded history in general we're living in an aberration right now it's this is extremely odd that there hasn't been any sort of war between major powers in decades or then you look at the yeah. idea that right now like the preeminent way that countries interact with each other is through the ocean that's not normally the like historically for the last 3000 years it's been over land, and China has kind of been... China and the Middle East have been, like, the hubs of international trade. Now it's the Pacific Ocean. But that's a weird thing. It's not normal. I think, at least for the time being, because of the invention of, you know, nuclear armaments, mm-hmm. I think there will still be wars. I mean, there's still plenty of wars going on in the world right now. True. Um, but they're all wars where at least one of the sides doesn't have nukes yeah i feel like all the countries at this point know that if you're attacking a country that has nukes then you have no chance of taking the country there but you can still fight it's like it's like two guys turning up to a pub 
they're both armed with like guns and they they look at each other like right I'm gonna fucking fight you we both put our guns down on the table and we just fight each other with fists that was what I was about to bring up is I think if there's going to be another war between major powers that's how it'll have to happen there's got to be some kind of gentleman's agreement that we don't use these be- mm. sort of like what happened between Hitler and Churchill in uh, World War Two both of them had the capable the capabilities of gassing a huge chunk of their population but yeah. like they both knew like Hitler- I mean Hitler kind of did uh, okay, yes. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about military use. Battlefield, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. So, uh, to try and break uh, England, at one point, Hitler was threatening to use V2 rockets to gas bomb London, which would have mm. wiped out a huge chunk of the population. Um, but Churchill came back and said, yeah, if you do that, we have air superiority over Berlin right now. We're gas bombing two of your cities if you hit London. And they both kind of realized that it was like, okay. Let's, we'll put the gas away, we'll just fight this with bullets. Uh, to be fair, I'm, like, wh- why then do you think he, when he, when, when Badman knew that he was not going to win, mm. do, do you think there was a particular reason why he didn't or couldn't then be like, well, fuck you, I'm gonna do just, it anyway. Yeah, go out with Got everything. nothing left to lose. Guns blazing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It could just be that it had gone on so long that they didn't have logistically the capability of doing it anymore. Like, mm. by the time it got that bad, they just they had lost their capabilities of effectively using that strategy. Or maybe it mm. was just one of those things that, like... Um, an ounce of humanity? Yeah, like an ounce of humanity at the end. Just like a... I mean, it ends with him, you know, shooting himself in the head, so... Yeah. Kind of, I maybe all the fight was out of him. Hmm. Um, sorry, that, that, <laughs> was a real, that was a really dark one. Um, yeah, sorry, I kind of didn't help. Um, but, but, but like, here. just backing up before the, the World War Two bit. So, okay, which one? The... Russia? Oh, wait, no, we were talking about nukes, and then... Yeah, so I was... Uh, the, the war one, I was also talking about how... Historically, like international trade, international interactions were uh, land-based. Now mm. they're mostly sea-based, because we have these giant cargo tankers and stuff like that. That I know you said land, but in my head it was one of those things where I heard land. Or oh. Land-based. <laughs> so like people in StarCraft 2 <laughs> fighting for their country. <laughs> Sorry. Go on. I mean, if that was the case, then, you know, You'd be a soldier. No, I would be, but South Korea would be, like, the the world hegemon. That's true. South Korea just takes over America. (laughs) What will you do? Uh, Our battle cruisers are warping into Washington. (laughs) And there's me like, I like Stardew Valley. (laughs) (laughs) Oh... But that is an interesting thing to think about because China's like a really big player these days and that's been the norm throughout history. Like they were the global superpower for nearly 3,000 years and Mm. it's only been in the last century and a half that they weren't. And it's actually... Why do you think that's because of... It's because they they went into isolation. Uh, I want to say it was the Qing Dynasty. Um... 
Qin King, I don't know how to pronounce it, Q-I-N-G, they, mm. they decided that because the whole world had to come to them, um, that they didn't need to explore or expand, they were perfect, they were the middle of the world. And that backfired horribly when they tried to go up against the British Empire and you guys used, like, steam-powered gunboats. And we're just like, yeah, goff, we win. And that was... The, the Chinese, um, in, in, like, their own historical text in modern-day China, they refer to the last century as the, uh, the century of humiliation. Um, right. Because it, it's the only century in recorded history, really, where they haven't been one of the preeminent world powers. And they, they've come back to it now. Yeah. I mean, uh, are they even... A, is it still a dynasty? China? No, well, no, it's it's communist. It's like a republic. Yeah. No, no, it's communist still. It's a one-party state with the um, the Chinese Communist Party as the, you know, de facto ruling leadership. Mm. They they dictate everything throughout the rest of the country. Um, it's not, but it's not inherited. Like I can't remember who the last guy was, but the guy who's in charge now, he was a party. Like his family was a party. He was a party member. You know, rose up through the ranks and then you know was elected the they use the same structure as the soviet union so it's like his his official title is like you know chairman or general secretary or something like that mm. um the communists are obsessed with using like very very mundane titles for their leaders yeah i mean chairman mal doesn't sound so bad as you know horrible dictator that murdered so many people. Yeah. Sounds more like the person who leads the local council meetings, really. Even, like, I feel like that's that's a thing with a lot of authoritarian regimes. They tend to use very lackluster... Even, um, you know, going back to World War II, uh, mm. Mr. Badman there, his his title was De Führer, which just means the leader. Yeah. That's or De Kaiser. Yeah. Well, that, that means king, literally. <laughs> and it derives from Caesar. Like yeah. Czar. I think it actually came from before Caesar, but I could be wrong. No, uh, no, it, it comes from... Like, so, after the Roman Empire fell, pretty much everywhere in Europe wanted to be the mm. next Rome. And right. so, Germany adopted the term Kaiser, and uh, yeah. the Tsar in uh, Russia, and... Mm. I don't remember France. I don't. I think they they had something similar, but I can't remember what it was called because it's France and I don't care. All right. <laughs> I was surprised you're going into French history. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. for I, as much shit as I give France for most of their medieval history, they were like the Chad mm. of Europe. Like they they were fucking kicking ass all over the place. The Chad of Europe. The Chad. Oh god. Okay, I'm kind of where I think I've I've talked about. It. I've I've gotten it out of my system now. We can go back to talking okay. about video games. Well, actually, uh, not video games. Uh, after I got off call with you last night, um, I was I was like, oh fuck it, I'll watch that um, video of the the little podcast segment you did with your dad. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was really good. Oh. Thank um, you. The Godfather stuff, oh my god, I can't believe, like, you guys know so many, like, quotes from it, and then your dad is like, yeah, but I've I've only seen it 15 times, and I'm like, oh, okay, Yeah. now I get why he knows so many quotes. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my dad's favorite movies. I've seen it, um, yeah. for, for people who haven't, on the, on the YouTube uh, channel, 
I, uh, for Father's Day, I had my laptop and recording equipment with me uh, when I was at home. And I was like, oh, you know what, I want to test out kind of uh, this in-person chat. Is it, can I actually do it? Is it technically viable? And it worked out pretty well. We just talked about The Godfather, mm. which is, yeah, like and Blues. Goodfellas, yeah. a little bit. A little bit. Goodfellas, and there were a couple other movies that showed up in there. The uh, the fucking baseball one. Oh Field yeah, of Field Dreams. of Dreams. Yep. <laughs> Which I've never seen, obviously, because you know, not American. Um. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, there's quite a few interesting points that were brought up. Uh, God, what was it? I can't remember. You had a lot of weird facts. Oh yeah, trivia about the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Did you like look stuff up so you're like? No, it was... I, I can know something that my dad doesn't. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't that. It was, um... It was years ago when I was... I was watching it with my dad, uh... Mm. And... I just, like, he was asking me who an actor was or something like that, or, like, what else the guy had been in, because some, somebody looked familiar, mm. and he was just curious. And so I, I pulled up IMDb on my phone, and they have a trivia section, and so I was just kind of browsing through that. I, I didn't look it up specifically for that. That was just stuff I remembered as being kind of, like, interesting points. I feel like that's something good if we do for 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 uh, when we watch a movie for movie night. Maybe that would be an interesting page to go to uh, for any extra little interesting tidbits that we might have missed. Yeah, the trivia uh, and goofs. There, there's a few of those in the in the Godfather that I just really really liked. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember though. One of the first things that your dad said was, "I don't remember Godfather Three very much, but then I haven't really watched it. That much. I'm like, oh." That's, I, either he knows how bad it is and so he's just avoided it, or um, yeah, he's gone lucky. <laughs> I think he's he's seen it before, but doesn't like it. I mean, yeah. from everything I've heard, it's not a very good... I've never seen it. I've seen one and two. It's not great. I mean, I, I remember one and two quite vividly, and everyone says that like, the first one was the best. second one was, eh, not as good, but still really good. And then the third one, just, you don't talk about it, but didn't happen. <laughs> it's the red-headed stepchild uh, of the group. You gotta wonder, kind of, what happened in the the development of it that made the director take the choices that they did. I think it it suffers from the same problem as, um, you know, how Indiana Jones they had Indiana Jones one, two, and three, right? And then decades later, they're like, "Hey, let's do a fourth one with Shia LaBeouf." Right. It was the same thing with this one. They made the first two within relatively close proximity of each other. Then you get to number three, and it's like. 10 or 20 years later they decide to go back to it and try I've again I've seen Indiana Jones <laughs> have you? I've never seen one of them really? okay uh, the first three I've are seen, I've seen a lot of clips of them like all of them we should watch them sometime because the first three are quite good and the third one has mm. Sean Connery in it Sean Connery yeah I want to see I want to see some of uh, Sean Connery's old uh, James Bond movies yeah I was never a big James Bond fan, I don't think. It was a bit too... It was like they're trying to appeal to an adult audience, but with children's jokes. <laughs> kind of thing. I, yeah, it was also like, a different time. And then they have sex at the end. <laughs> there was a um, there was a comedian, a, stand, a Scottish stand-up comedian that I, I remember uh, listening to years ago. Mm. And I... He had a, he had a bit about uh, James Bond. And he, he was like... He's like, oh, my... My favorite... No, maybe he was Irish. I don't know when I'm doing the accent. <laughs> My favorite James Bond has always been... He's always been Sean Connery. I feel like he's the perfect one. This new one, you know, he's all shaved clean. He walks out of the water and he looks like a gay dolphin. But 
James Bond has always been a hairy man in my mind. Sean Connery would lay shirtless on the bed, the wind would blow across, it'd look like a spider was walking across his chest. It just, it was, I think of that joke whenever I, like, I think of Sean Connery as James Bond, just because it just it caught me so off guard when he said that. Yeah. Actually, I say that, I say that I'm not a massive fan of James Bond. But if I think about it, kind of, John Wick is kind of the new James Bond. Mm. Like, he's switched sides. Don't get me wrong, he's now an assassin. <laughs> There's also... But it's um, very similar. Did you ever watch any of the uh, Bourne Identity movies? No. So, Jason Bourne. Yeah, Jason Bourne. So, Bourne Identity is the first one. They did a bunch of them. Mm. The f I, I don't remember some of the later ones. The first one's really good. And it's another mm. John Wick. Not, not as over the top as John Wick, but, like... What? Very realistic, I'll have you know. <laughs> oh, Keanu Reeves. Ah, oh, he's a hell of a man. Also, he's um, just started... Uh, I don't know if it was in Kickstarter or something, but he's made a uh, a comic, original comic book. Yes, I heard about that. Yeah. And it's already getting a movie and an anime. Of course uh, Based off of it. I still love like. Sorry. Cool. No, no, I just... He's hes actually... Cyberpunk. He was in Cyberpunk uh, quite a bit, because mm. he's one of the main characters. Mm. And the thing is, like, a lot of the times when video games get big-name talent like that... Yeah. Uh, the Elder Scrolls series is famous for this. Every time they get big-name talent, they, like, kill him off in five minutes because we don't want to pay him or something like that. Like, Patrick yeah. Stewart shows up in uh, Oblivion, and he dies within the first ten minutes of the game. Um, what, the, the king? The king, yeah. Yeah. But uh, Keanu Reeves, is he's in cyberpunk throughout the entire thing. Like, he's hes your main compatriot throughout the entire game. Hmm. And he's actually, like, one of the... Like, he's one of the, the really... One of the best characters in the game, I think. Yeah, I mean, he is such a lovable actor. Because <laughs> mm. of all the stories you hear about. Um, but apparently the anime is about... Uh, a character, I think it's based off, again, it's like, it looks like John Wick. It's basically John Wick. Except I think it's like a, a some kind of superhero that, uh, that wants to have forever sleep. But he can't. This oh. is me using technical language. <laughs> yeah. In technical language appropriate for YouTube. Yeah. Well, I've already, we've talked about the fucking Gestapo already. Yeah, whatever. yeah we, we can't really but... make it much worse than that. Um, so is, yeah, he, is he like uh, a mortal or something like that? I guess so. I've only had a very brief synopsis from a, a video, a YouTube video, but it sounded like an interesting plot. Apparently it's not one that's anything legendarily new. Yeah. Um, but also be interested to see how they're going to portray this on the big screen in this new culture of PC-ness. Yeah. Where someone's trying to forever sleep themselves. Well, that will uh, that will be a fun thing to talk about. Well, so segment two. Oh, I never mentioned at the beginning. Normally I give an, uh, like a kind of a quick overview of what's coming up in segment three at the beginning. I completely forgot. It's a quiz segment this week. Do um, we normally do that? I don't think we do. No, normally I announce it when it's a quiz segment um, at the beginning of the podcast, and I just didn't. Okay. Well, Not, I don't want to give too, too many details away about that. Yeah. Anyway, um... Maybe we should check that out when it comes out. 
talk about that. Yeah, it sounds cool. I mean, either the anime or the cartoon, or the, sorry, film or the manga. One of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Throw a dart at a wall, pick one. All right. Anything uh, else you want to say? Because uh, we we're, we're at the end of segment one. Because I am, I am psyched for segment two. Mm, same. All right. Good. Done. Blue's making weird faces at me. I'm going to assume that's the end. All right. This is going to be the end of segment <laughs> one of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening. And you will hear us again momentarily for segment two. Welcome back to the TMCJ Podcast. We're on segment two, our media segment. And, um... God damn it. We've got... You've got to mention it every time, haven't you? Every I, time I, I do it, you I have just, to mention well, it. Well, every time I screw up, at least. Um, okay. <laughs> he, he shouted Harambe at the end of my countdown. And it screwed me up. Um, yeah, so we've actually got a couple things to talk about this week. We didn't do movie night again. Uh, we're trying to find... We're actually going to be doing movie night uh, this Sunday, so it will happen. But no lack of media to talk about uh, a few weeks back I talked about the Amazon series Invincible which is again it was based I knew it was based on a comic and you talked about it last week a little bit yeah but I've been now reading the comic itself mm. uh, I talked last week about how I had purchased it but not that I, I'd kind of gotten into it um, so the, the TV show like I thought it had a really great antagonist for the first season like uh, that, and it, it kind of there was this whole dynamic where you knew this one character had secretly done something really horrible, but it wasn't really immediately apparent, and um, you know, it all culminates in this giant battle at the end, and this really, really like emotional scene, like really intense scene, and then they leave you with a cliffhanger for season two, not a cliffhanger, but like a whole bunch of hooks that could mm. be coming back. Unfinished stories. Yeah, and now that I've been reading the comic. I'm wondering how the hell they're going to keep everything coherent. Because they changed... I didn't realize how much they changed. Like, they, they did some of the um, the standard tropes that they do now. Um, they they race and gender swapped a few characters. For the most part, it didn't matter. Like, there was a, a minor character that can, like, shrink to any size and then get to any size bigger. Um... It's, it's a girl in the TV show, it's a dude in the comic. Again, doesn't matter. It doesn't change anything about the character. Uh, what? What? What are you making faces for? Nothing. No, no, no. Okay, whatever. Um, I'll tell you also. <laughs> there's, there's a few... But yeah, like I said, there's, there's a few things like that. Um, one thing that I, I noticed that they changed in the TV show, and I, I honestly do not know how the hell they are going to make this work in the TV show now having read the comics. So, the the main character, he has a love interest. Um, and when I actually watched the TV show, this was somebody that I complained about because the first and last episode were kind of, where the original comic book writer was involved with those, and those were probably the two strongest episodes in the series. But there's a bunch of filler in the middle, or like subplots and stuff like that, and in those episodes, this, this love interest character comes across as just this really insensitive person. Like, just, like, kind of just cold-hearted and selfish and, you know, cynical. More, more, more cynical. Whereas in the, the comic books, 
first of all, again, they this character they uh, both race and personality swapped when they uh, went to the TV show, um, which again. The, the race swap doesn't make any difference. It doesn't matter, like, you know, the, the person could have been any background and it mm-hmm. wouldn't have made a difference to her character. But the personality swap was the big thing. And the, the TV shows, she's very standoffish, she's very cynical, and she's a lot more selfish. In the books, or in the comic books, she's a bit more, like, understanding, a bit more uh, compassionate. Um, and I don't know, just, just a few, uh, there's stuff like that. It doesn't, doesn't really, I I don't want to get too deep into it, but the big thing that I think they, they really, that kind of screwed them over is in the, the comic book, she doesn't show up until like the 20th issue or something like that. She's an extremely minor character in the first Mm. like half of what I've read so far. Like she's just, she's a character that doesn't even exist for like the first now five or ten issues and then she's a girl that gives her number to the main character because she thinks he's cute or whatever and he calls her and they end up you know going out a couple times and then they they end up uh you know becoming a becoming a couple and it goes on and she eventually figures out that he's a superhero um, because at first she thinks he's a drug dealer because he's like always running away and he's never having enough time and everything like that. But that all happens after the major, they rearranged a ton of things from the comic and some of it made sense and some of it kind of, I'm, I'm curious what they're going to do in season two because a ton of major events that happened in the TV show don't happen in the comic until after the finale of the TV show season one. Like, they rearranged a ton of stuff. So in the TV show, the big finale is the the big fight between this guy and his superhero dad, who's secretly an alien trying to take over the world, right? Yeah. In the comic book, that happens, and then after that, most of the stuff that happened in the filler episodes of the TV show happen. The other thing that, that, like, gets screwed... Like, so... In the comic books... I'm trying to think... there's so many... I'm trying to pin down... Let me look at my notes, because there's so many things they did in the TV show that I liked more. First of all, the, the actual fight scenes are better in the TV show, because you can actually see them. They're animated, and they're it's cool to watch, and everything thing like that. But a lot of the dialogue, and a lot of the inter-character dynamics and stuff, has been seriously dumbed down in the TV show. Like, it's... I'm surprised reading the comics, like, how deep and kind of interesting they can get. Because I, I, I never read comics as a kid. It was never my thing. Video games, movies, TV shows, but never comics. They were never really... I'd, I'd just read an actual book. But, so I was kind of... I always had an image in my head of them being kind of very simplistic and kind of cheesy writing. Mm-hmm. But this one has been... I mean, there are bits like that, but for the most part, it's pretty good. Like, pretty well written. Especially the character interactions. Oh, that was the other thing. They made his best friend gay. In the um, okay. in the TV show, he's gay, and in the comics, he's not. Does uh, it make much difference? It Well, it actually changes a huge subplot. So one of the main female characters in the the comics and in the show too, she um, 
like she gets screwed over a few times like she at the beginning she's dating this dude he cheats on her and so that kind of breaks up the old superhero team that she was a part of and she goes to the main character who's like one of her close they've become close friends and you know tells him about it and they kind of have a heart to heart um and it becomes clear to the reader in the comics and to an extent in the tv show that she has a thing for him right but she like it's it's one of those things where they're always in the wrong place like at first she's with this dude and then afterwards he's with this the other like the the girl that he's dating um Mm. and then she goes like you know screw this why am i doing this superhero stuff i can change atoms around and stuff i'm gonna go to like some war-torn region of the world or some place where there's famine and i'm gonna create plenty and help people and stuff like that like solve droughts and feed the hungry that's a better ending to them i mean she does it's a pretty good way of a person going out what she does it in both the tv show and the book but the the thing is one of the the ways they establish the fact like her kind of back and forth is she dates the guy's best friend she can't exactly do that if he's gay. Right. I mean, they could gender swap him. I mean, it'd be kind of hard to do. Season one's already done now. Like, <laughs> but he could go through that process. Although, how, I don't know, how, how easy would it be to change? Because like, you don't know what's going on in a super person's body anyway. Well, he's, his he's best friend isn't a superhero. Swapping. His best friend isn't a superhero. He's just a normal dude. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's, there's, there, there was another thing. Um, yeah, one of the these guys that becomes like their friend at college later. I guess mm. the only story benefit to making the guy gay in the TV show was it gave them an excuse to be at this college before they were in college, because they mm. went to the college so that the gay best friend could hit on this dude. Right. Whereas in the books they're just all in college together and they're all just best friends for a um superhero story it sounds like an awful lot of boring drama that you get in every program it's not it's not that like i'm i'm focusing on that because that's the stuff they changed the superhero bits they kept relatively the same like um the same major superhero plot points the same heroes and villains they show up in different places they they it's only in the interpersonal and inner character stuff where they made changes, and they're almost all bad. It sounds like they added; they were trying to add a bit of drama to get a wider audience, so there's yeah. people who would still like it even if they didn't like superheroes. I guess that was the thing they were trying to do. They're they're going for like more representation, like you know, a Twilight esque thing where people aren't there for the vampires and the werewolves; they're there for the the abs. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, Let's see. There was yeah, sorry. There was a couple other things that they changed. Oh, yeah, they they changed some bits of the story, and I think they just changed them so that they could squeeze in stuff that happens much later to happen much earlier. Like right. in the TV show, the super dad, the Omni Man guy, the guy that mm. he he kills the, I think they're called the Guardians of the Globe in this, and they're basically the Justice League. In the comic book, he kills them with barely any effort. Like, he just walks through them, slaughters them, doesn't even get hurt. In Hang on a second. What? You said he's come from, like, this other race of people. Yep. 
But you said there's also just superheroes that come from Earth. Yep. So, are they like a mixture of the two races' genes, or...? No, no, so there's... It's it's basic think think Justice League or like just all of DC comics. So there's like some people are magical and some people have just like been genetically right. it's a different modified. Kind of and, superpower then, like not yeah. the same branch. Yeah, the the main character okay. has his superpowers because he is the child of the alien the guy. race. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So he got his through through his dad. Blood, yeah, as opposed to through the random lottery chance of just being born with superpowers. Yeah, and the, the girl, the the girl that I was talking about, the one that goes off to Africa to like bring food to the hungry and all that, she got Tozo. hers by uh, you know government experimentation in utero. Yeah, yeah. government experimentation. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like they gave her the the classic, you know, Deadpool, yeah. Venom. Well, Venom, I guess, is an alien. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, there's just they, they made a lot of changes, and some of them I can see why they made them, but I just some of the change like the a lot of the changes they made to some of the characters in terms of like their social interactions, mm. they feel so token, like they weren't really needed. They didn't make much sense. It just was like you know what we feel like. This best friend is gay. Boom. He's gay in the series. It doesn't make I'm sorry it... for this. Sorry. It, it doesn't really make the, too much different to the story. It was just... They felt like doing it. Yeah. What are your top two superhero origin stories? From, from this series? I was going to say... Just... Every kind of superhero out there. What are your two favorite ways that people have become superheroes? Um, or supervillains. Well, super I was going to say top one, but I thought there's, I've got two that I really top like. Top two. I mean, uh. we'll go with. I mean, the the whole uh, single purpose tragic backstory. You know, the 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 Batman's of the world, where like some tragic so, thing okay, hits Batman, them, yeah. and they devote their whole life to achieving one single purpose, whether it's an evil purpose or a good purpose. I love yeah, that backstory. Training with. Razal Ghul on the mountain. Yeah, yeah, and there uh, there are villains kind of from comics that follow uh, the same path. But and to be fair, he did some, like he he was he was all about training in facing his fears. So I think that is that is a really good yeah uh, way of getting. It. Uh, second one. Second one is what happens in this story uh, to the main character. The whole. Um, just completely normal person who lives a completely normal life and then suddenly they become like a god among men because i think that can make a great hero and a great villain because yeah well i i my one of my favorite versions of that story is where a completely normal person think they're a good upstanding person but then they get these abilities and that that extreme power slowly corrupts them until they mm. they become a villain just because like um uh, Light from Death Note. I was about to say that. I was yep. literally, I was hovering on it. Light I was gonna say that—that that is a great fucking, that is a great supervillain yeah. right creation. Um, my top two, which I honestly, Death Note should be among them, but uh, like we were talking, Venom. Mm -hmm. That is a cool fucking thing, like an uh, an alien experimentation when its own sentience takes over your body mm -hmm. and you can like chat with it <laughs> while it like 
gives you these incredible powers. I think that's really cool. Uh, and the favourite one, favourite superpower, which is not technically a superpower, is still Iron Man 1. Uh, arms manufacturing business gets stranded in the desert, held hostage by terrorists, and then slowly builds like something to actually get himself out of that predicament, which he then adopts into being his own thing, and he yeah. furthers it, and becomes a force to be reckoned with. I, no. That was such a cool movie. Normal man in a super suit. Yeah, no. Iron Man 1 is yeah. awesome. Yeah, he didn't movie. just he wasn't just given a suit that oh his grandpappy made for him. It was like in a terrorist bunker underground in the middle of yeah. Arcade's ship. <laughs> that was that, that was one of my favorite lines from that movie when his um his like second in command of the company, the big bald guy is he's yelling at his scientists cuz they can't figure out how to do the same thing. And he's like, mm. Tony Stark did this in a cave with a bunch of rocks and spare parts. <coughs> yeah. It's just so, it's such a good line. Uh, it, it's not realistic because, I mean, how the fuck would terrorists get access to nuclear fission and stuff? But, um. Yeah, I think. Really well, what they said was that they, um, they stole the weapons. Like, they were. They, they sold the weapons to, um,. To, terrorists, yeah. Yeah, no, well, not to the terrorists, to like you know whatever the local warlord is, who was the legitimate mm. government, and then they, through smuggling and back channels, managed to get their hands on them. Yeah, that's true. Um, but no, and like the original, the original suit wasn't this shiny red and gold piece of armor. Mm. It was like this tin foil suit with a chain gun strapped to the arm. <laughs> yeah, kind of thing. Like fuck, that was cool. Alright. Um, I took up a, anyway, a ton of time with that, that topic, so... Uh, that's you... alright. That's a good topic. Okay, so I am con have been continuing this week with my watching of Castlevania. Uh, I'm going to assume you all just remember what I spoke about last week. He, the, the, the good guy in the story I'm just going to call the hunter. Mm -hmm. um, he met these... Uh, nice religious folks who are being prosecuted by the local religion. Um, did I say religious folks twice? You did. Probably. There's the main church and then there's like the whisperers who aren't actually religious, they just hand on stories and stuff through word of mouth. So the demons arrive. They kill like all of the main church people. They go into the church. The, the the bishop's in there. He's like, you can't be in here. God, this is God's house. Mm. And then the alien demon thing is like, you're the reason that Dracula started... Because this was the same dude that sacrificed Dracula's wife at the beginning of the film all those years before. Yeah. As so the demon's like, we're really thankful to you. If it wasn't for you, none of us would be here. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I think he's like, let me give you a kiss. And then he like bites the bishop's head off kind of thing. Um, it's pretty grim. Yeah, the Castlevania is pretty grim, Jaron. Um, so yes, like a whole bunch of the religious people, folks get murdered. And the remainders try and track down the hunter and be like, get, get the people to push him out of the city. But he's like, no, this is the religious folks' fault. And so they end up, like, stabbing the rest of the church people. Um, which is completely revolting against the church. So, 
Uh, he then kind of shows them how to fight back against demons, you know, using salt on weapons, using magic, which is not actually an evil thing, even though they all think it is. Um, and the city is saved for that night. He goes down into a crypt with this other chick who's a magician who he picked up along the way. So this is like the party. So it's got the hunter and it's got like the sage. And they fall through this under under city and all these like massive machinery under city stuff and they come across a coffin and they're like oh shit maybe it's Dracula no one knows what Dracula looked like because anyone who's seen Dracula has basically died uh, and that's where they introduce Alucard um, who is the son of Dracula and is trying to do what his mother wants instead of what his father wants his mother wants the humans to be forgiven and to just live peacefully. You know what? I so he's <clears throat> I brought up Alucard. I thought Alucard was a character in Castlevania last week, and there he is. Yep, there he is. Uh, and yeah, he's all about like killing his dad to get his mother's wishes through. It also shows us Dracula's War Council, and this is quite interesting because he has so he summons all these vampires from around the globe. Um, and he's got them all on his thing and he has two humans on his war council um, and they, you get, they go into quite a bit of detail on these two humans one of them was like a slave uh, throughout his life and I don't, I don't know the exact um, There were some confusing messages. Like I'm not. I think he like loved his master, but then like a line later, he bit his throat out. So I'm very. I was very confused about that scene. He was like, "I love you, master." And the master was like, "I love you too." And that's why I do this. And he kept like whipping the guy, and then the slave turned around. Love hate relationship. It was weird. Anyway, the other guy. Grew up on a farm. I don't know what the humans did to him that pissed him off so much, but he could basically bring dead animals and people back to life. And we later, so so he has like in in Dracula's castle. He's walking around. He's got this like little undead pug Aww. following him. It's adorable. Like they're very much setting the humans up to be the good people, even though they're on Dracula's council. Uh, and they're also kind of setting Dracula up to be a good guy as well, because he's like, the only reason he's doing all of this is because the church sacrificed his wife. Yeah, but didn't he? When she was trying to help him. Yeah, I, I guess they're they're going for like a maybe nuanced villain, but I mean, considering he went from oh kill this one town because they killed my wife to kill everyone, yeah. that's a bit yeah. of a, take a step too far. You kind of lost my like, sympathy there, buddy. They they do a step back in time where Dracula goes to the pug dude, and he's like, "I want you to be. I, I need your help to to form an army for me." And the humans like, "Okay, but I'll only do it if, for a start, it's not full genocide. Like the last few humans will be humanely kept in like a farm-like state." Because obviously vampires need humans. Yeah. And um, also there wouldn't be like... It would be a humane culling as opposed to just savagery. 
mm. which it kind of is, but I don't know. Um, so they do put a lot of character into Dracula. He's got a lot of emotion. He's not this blank slate. He's a very good villain. Um, because you don't fully hate him. In fact, most of the people in his war council, the vampires, are twats. They're the real villains. Hmm. They're just like, you want them all to feel lots of pain. There's one who's like a vampire. Uh, no, who's like a Viking vampire. And <laughs> at the beginning they're like, all you do is kill them, eat them, and make boats out of them. It's like, <laughs> it's like I'm a Viking, it's what I do. I make boats out of things. Um, and he's a bit of a, a, a stupid, like, asshole. Bit of an oaf. Yeah, but now this very smart, intelligent, evil, very evil vampire lady has joined the council and is kind of converting people to her way of thinking. She's whispering in the ears of the human generals. Um, so there's been quite a lot of... I mean, there's also been a lot of stuff happening with Alucard, the Sage, and the Hunter, but the most interesting stuff has been around the War Council. Mm. Um, anyway, the Hunter's gone with his two friendos to his old place of... Uh, his old house, which got burnt down when he was a child. And they've gone into the catacombs of it kind of thing, and there's like a library with, uh, it's, it's like a, um, kind of like a museum of vampire, for vampire hunters. Uh, so Alucard, who's like, <laughs> so they're all down in it, and the sage is like, oh my god, looking at the index of it, this is an incredible museum of everything, and like, don't you love Alucard? And Alucard's just looking at a shelf filled with vampire skulls, and he's like, mm, this yeah. is literally just a museum about ways to kill my people. <laughs> so, not really. <laughs> yeah, this ain't really um, my gig. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that, that's pretty much it for the, for the good guy's perspective. They're just roaming around as their three-man party now. Um, but now we know they have proper weapons to fight the villains of the night. They even have a vampire to help them out. They do. Well, I mean, the vampires have humans to help them out. Humans that can bring... Oh, so, after the battle, the demon spawns drag the dead bodies, including the Pope that got his head eaten, back to Dracula's castle, and they turn those dead bodies into more demons. Ghouls. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if the goodies know about that and whether they're going to start burning the bodies later. That but, might be. Yeah. I mean... That's why, uh, fun little historical fact, that's one of the reasons why um, people would burn bodies in a lot of uh, ancient cultures. Hmm. No zombies. Hmm. They might come back. Hmm. But the dude brought a Labrador back to life as well. It's kind of cute. Like, the dogs don't turn to inhumane monster demons. They just turn to the... Like, just, they just wake up with, like, half their face missing still, but, like, they're just happy little doggos. Oh, he's a good boy. He is. It's adorable. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. And you know that the fucking council is evil vampires because they kicked the pub. The pub? The pug. They kicked the pug. I mean, either of those is bad. You don't kick a pub either. I mean, that would probably hurt your foot. <laughs> oh. Uh, but yeah, that's that's me up to date on Castlevania so far. I, that sounds really first good. First season? Mm -hmm. Sorry. No, no, how far oh. into the first season are you? Go on. So I finished the first season because the first season is made up of four episodes. 
which is kind of weird. It feels like they did the first season as like a test run to like see whether people would like it or not. Yeah. Yeah. The second season has eight episodes, so twice as many. I'm on like episode two or three, I think. Oh, so what you've said so far has actually gone into season two. Yes, I've started on season. There's four seasons out so far, I think. Nice. But yeah. I like the. Uh, I, I, I need to look up a picture of the uh, zombie pug. I want to see how cute it mm. is. That was. It's something... like an eye missing. It's a bit. It's a little bit. Uh, grim. But it's also adorable because it's a pug. Bit of a non sequitur, but that was something that was nice being at home. Got to see my dog mm. again. Yeah, I've got lots of doggo pictures. Mm. I understand. It's adorable. Um. <clears throat> But yeah, still, uh, still something you'd recommend. It sounds like. Um, Hell yeah! I'm uh, very excited to see the next part. I may have to check it out now. Mm. I haven't watched anything like anime esque in quite a while. Oh, uh, it's oh. something I forgot to mention when I was talking about Invincible. Mm. Another big difference from the comic to the TV show, like the TV show, there is a lot of gore, like mm -hmm. a lot of it, every episode, and it's. And not only that, there's a ton of civilian casualties in, like, every episode. Like, there's a whole... There's a whole... That, that doesn't happen so much in the comics. There is gore, and there is, like, blood and guts and things to the same degree that it exists in the TV show um, in terms of intensity, but it doesn't happen nearly as often. You can go, like, you know, quite a few pages before you ever see any sort of blood or gore, and then when it does happen, it has impact. By the end of yeah. the TV show, I was like, yeah, I've seen this a million times. Okay, body horror, let's move on. Um, but, like, yeah. there's an alien invasion in one bit where... In the comic book, they invade in Afghanistan, like, in the middle of the desert. But in the TV show, they invade in the middle of New York City, and they're shooting women and children and civilians and things, and it's like... Okay. It's a lot more shock value. The, the, the comic made, managed to make them look threatening, like, without doing that. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry, I just, I just remembered that. Um, yeah, no, I think that's a fair point. Like, if you, if you remove the, an element of absolutely nowhere is safe, then it's kind of like, well, everyone's fucked then. They could just appear in the middle of the White House and execute everyone. If it's out on, like, a battlefield where they, they've only got, like, certain gates they can come through or something, then I feel like it leads a lot more attention so when something does happen in the safe zone, it's a real catastrophe. And that that's the point they made. So the, the finale of season one in the TV show is obviously when his dad reveals his motives to his son, and his son decides, no, I'm not joining you, I'm not doing this with you, I'm going to stop you, and mm. the dad kicks the ever-loving shit out of him. And to prove a point, like, he tears him through cities, like, he throws him through a train, train and yeah. he becomes... Yeah. That all happens in the comic the exact same way. But because in the comic, there hadn't been a ton of that, like, civilian casualties up till that point, it's a lot more poignant and actually really is a lot more impactful when it happens. Mm. Tell you what, though, I think, I think we'll at some point need to do a... Um... Invincible Dad versus Dracula. Oh, <laughs> we could. So you're talking about that. Um, what was that? That segment we tried out, uh, Challenger Approaches. I was thinking, mm. um, your idea that you had about boss battles. Maybe we could find a way to combine that. Think it through a little bit more. 
I'm always brainstorming, trying to keep this fresh for the people listening. Hot and toasty. Mm. I do like that um, dynamic, though, that you described going back to Castlevania. The dynamic mm. where you've got, like, two factions that both kind of have their cadre of advisors, heroes, whatever you want to call them, and yeah. you kind of see things from both perspectives and get an idea where they could intersect. Yeah, it's kind of, it's it's clear that there's a good side and a bad side. It's kind of a shame because if there was some, like, bad people on the side of the good guys, then it would make it kind of neither side is right or wrong. Hmm. But I do like the fact that on the, the bad side, you do still have good people. People who have been oppressed and are, like, seeking redemption kind of thing. Because, like, the poor fucking slave guy, he still, even though he's in Dracula, he's a general in Dracula's army, armor, army, he's still, like, and he has, he gets to speak with Dracula himself, which some of the council members don't even get to do. He still, like, flagellates himself, for example, because he's still being, he's still got those emotions and the the torment from from before his yeah. past, which is why he's okay with like basically committing genocide on his own race. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of, of that's something. Yeah, it's just pretty fucked up, but it's also quite interesting. It's always nice when a story takes the time to explore, like some things like that. Mm, they're not just like we hate them because we hate them. Yeah. There's mm. a. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of there's there's a subplot in the Invincible comic that they do something similar. Because right. um, I'm at the point now where, uh, and I kind of knew this was going to be a plot in season two of the show. The the kid has met his dad again. Mm. Um, and their interaction like didn't go the way I I, I was so prepared for him to be like self-righteous and just like oh how could you do this I'm going to fight you and take revenge but um, they actually took a much more mature approach to it in the comic which was like they both tense up like they're going to fight and there's a big serious face and then the kid just runs over and like just hugs him and starts crying Yeah. and then the the dad just has no idea what to do because he wasn't expecting that he was expecting him to be angry and they they do exchange angry words after that but it's very clear that they tackle that sort of like emotional dynamic of you know he's he's angry but he's still this is still the father that he loved yeah Yeah. and the father is has to come to terms with the fact that you know he he's done all like he he really has become emotionally attached to the the tiny life that he had on this planet anyway i'm go- mm. I, could, I could talk about it for a while because i really do like the comics i don't know if all comics are like this i assume they're not i assume most of them are shit i'm gonna go with my old stereotype but i'm really enjoying this one yeah and i finally have a use for having a tablet wherever i put the tablet Oh, what, you're reading the comics on there? Yeah, I got it for the Kindle. It, I, it was a Amazon mm. Prime Day deal. I got it for, like, half off. So, it's the first, like, 50 issues of the comic or something like that. Yeah. I, I, I do really like reading manga, for example, in, in the book. Like, the actual proper book form. But, yeah. God, it is well, so fucking expensive. That's a manga compendium right behind me for a, yeah. a good one. 
What is it called? It's like, called a uh, do Genshiken. That's what it's called. So. Like one Naruto book or whatever. It's like what two or three episodes, I think. Yeah, which are free online, or you could buy the book, which is like it's some stupid amount of money, isn't it? It's like I want to say eighteen pounds, but it can't be that much. It's yeah, they're they're pretty. Exp- it depends on what you're talking about, though, because the um oh hold on like that compendium book behind me was i think 15 bucks 20 bucks something like mm. that but it's a it's a combination of the first like because that that one's been out for a while so it's like the first five volumes or something like that which when they came out were ten dollars a piece yeah you've got to write a story man I mean, I know you have written stories in the past, but you gotta you gotta fully commit one day. I know. I've that's something I've been thinking about lately. Um, one of the best pieces of writing advice. You've been advice, thinking about it for years. <laughs> I, well, no, no. I mean, like lately, you know, while I'm still locked down and have the time, um, hmm. just just start writing something again. I specifically going back to the novel that I, I wrote a good chunk of but never finished. Mm. Oh, we're we're waffling on at this point. Mm. <laughs> let's let's call an end. Let's get to the uh, let's get to the quiz quiz segment. And spoiler alert: it is about food. Blue's request. Yeah, I think I was pretty tired and hungry. I think I was just hungry at that point when Kaiser was like, "What what do you want it to be about?" I was like, "Food." <laughs> it's it's it, there's a diverse array of food like questions, but yeah, look Ooh, forward to that. Um, an ethnically diverse palette. All right, this is going to be the end of segment two of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you'll hear us again momentarily for segment three. Welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. We're on segment three, our wild card, which this week is a quiz. But before we get into the quiz, oh, by the way, hey, look, we're both here. Look at our lovely faces. We, we are. Look how close these it's just It's a... It's a much more professional thing. It, ignore all the crap. I already and... forgot that my face was being streamed. <laughs> so I was doing stupid jazz hands, and I was like, "You're oh, on yeah, camera. No, people can actually see it now." Yeah. Um. Yeah. So before we actually get into the quiz, uh, I need to issue a quick correction that Blue uh, insisted that I do uh, from the earlier segment. No, you said that I should have said this, so I'm going to say it. Uh, when I was talking about Invincible, I mentioned the main love interest for the main character. They had swapped her personality, and I didn't like the new personality. I was a little bit too soft, and in this interim between the segments, I let my true opinions be known. And I will say them now. That character, they took her from being, like, you know, a pretty kind, understanding, like, girls next door kind of character, and made her a self-indulgent, narcissistic, millennial bitch. Like, she is unsympathetic she's sarcastic normally a quality that i like she's cynical and just completely self-indulging to the point that if anyone else does anything that she just thinks slights her in the slightest little way she goes off on them like there's this whole subplot really get off to narcissism don't you there's just this whole subplot with this this like she she the the main character is completely like devastated because she got her feelings hurt that he didn't tell her who she was even though she figured out who the fuck he was two episodes ago and didn't tell him it's like oh my god do you feel better now that you got out yes i feel better now that i was honest like i was a little too soft (laughs) 
There are other characters that I feel similar ways about, but she was the one that jumped out at me the most because they, she, it, and honestly, she didn't bother me that much when I saw the series. When I read the comics and saw how much better of a personality she had in the comics, I was like, why did they do this? Anyway. Anyway, let's get to the quiz. Let's get to the quiz. Already the, been drinking, and I I noticed that. I need yeah, to not I saw drink you do that. So, um, well, technically, I have two. I had a I had a beer during segment one and two. Um, hmm. Quiz segment is food, and I tried to, which you like you said you probably asked me to do this at a moment of hunger during the podcast, hmm. but um, I tried to keep them food related, so it broadens a little bit some of its like food nutrition. It's all food-related, but you're going to get history questions, you're going to get science questions, you're going to get just general trivia questions, and you're going to get, yeah. like, potentially cooking questions. So are you ready? I see. I am so ready. All right, question number one. What is the difference between a kcal or kilocal and a calorie, capital C? Like, what you have... So on, on food packaging, you'll occasionally see a kcal, or you'll see cal, as in calorie. Right. What's what's the difference between those two? Uh, I'm assuming one is, like, a thousand calories, and one's just straight-up calories. Like, a thousand calories and just calories. There, there's a reason I'm I specified calorie... Kilo. There's a reason I specified calorie capital C. You are technically correct. I'm going to give you a half point on this. Okay. The answer is there is no difference. So... You son of a bitch, that's bullshit. <laughs> there is no difference. There's no difference. Um, and the reason is a calorie, capital C, is the colloquialized yeah. version. It's the... It's the... Just what a K... A K-cal is a calorie. A K-cal is calorie lower C, a kilocalorie. And that is the scientific measure. And then... But that's, Wait, is a kcal a thousand calories? It's a thousand lower C calories. How's it, that wrong then? It's not, but that's why I said you're technically correct. But yeah. in this case, because of the question, you are not. Because that's why I specified the capital C one, the proper noun calorie. It's something that confused right. me for a long time, and I found this out like a couple of years ago because I saw kcal. So on capital a, C means what? Like, as in calorie proper noun capital c like capital c a l o r i e or kilocal which is k i l o lowercase c calorie it's i'm i'm sorry it's just it's the way it's stupid but it's the way it is i'll take a half drink i will no 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 no, hold on i will give you full credit though if you this was the bonus question (laughs) on this uh you will get this completely correct um a a cal a kilocalorie Mm. It's a scientific it measure. Happened? What does it actually denote? Like, what does it what does it mean calories. in this? Well, okay, yes, obviously, but in like in the scientific terms, like for instance, um, like a newton is a measurement of force. Like, uh, velocity. Right. So um, meters per second is a measure of velocity. So it's. Um, I mean, it's a, uh, a measure of like the what goes into it. What do you mean? It's not like mass. It's it's fun. This is this is more of a technical question, and it was something I was wondering if you would be able to guess. Um, I would have accepted a measure of heat, 
but the technical answer it is the amount of Energy. heat required to raise one kilogram of water by one degree Celsius. But I would it's a measure a calorie. Of yeah, calorie. That's the reason because you you eat food and your body processes it and turns it into energy. And so hmm. that's why they ended up using calories to represent food. It's, yeah, it's interesting. Scientific thing. But half credit, so hmm. sippy sip. Sippy sip. Number two. Now, this one, I think it might have been different in the UK, but I imagine it's similar enough that you can probably either figure it out. But according mm. to the USDA, which is the US, um, you know, Department, Department of Agriculture? Yeah. Don't get a point for that. No, you don't get a point for that. Fuck off. Um, by the way, <laughs> you should be keeping track of points because I've, I've got the. Uh, I'm reading the How question. many points do I get for the first one, then? You get one half. We each oh. have a half. Okay. Um, name the, according to the USDA, name the five food groups. The five food groups? Yep. Uh, okay, so, uh, meats, so protein? Yep. Uh, does, do we need any other? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, probably not, but let's go. Uh, like, uh, 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 wheat and flour and that kind of stuff? Yep. Grains. Uh, legume? Vegetables. Ah, oh, vegetables. Yep, that's one. Um, uh, milk is part of protein. Uh, no, dairy. Yep, that's number four. You've got one more. Okay. Uh, fuck. My primary school teachers would be so disappointed in me. You're so close. Uh, uh so we've had, uh, it's like pasta, uh, car carbs, carbohydrates. No, no, you already got that. Flours and grains uh, all into fuck. the same thing. Uh, ten seconds. Oh, is it? Is it like the smallest one? Is it like salt and stuff? Nope, that's not actually a category. They added that one later. Bullshit. <laughs> uh, it's like uh. Got five seconds. Sweets, sugar. Nope, you're you're missing a. I'll give you a hint. It's a plant. You already said vegetables. Uh, Eggplant. <laughs> no, you already said vegetables. What's what's the other thing besides vegetables? Mushrooms. No, come on. Uh, All right, out of time. It fuck, is fruit. fruit. It is fruit. I'll give you. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. It is fruit. Okay, thank you. The the five like original food groups were grains, proteins or meats, dairy, fruit, vegetable. And at one point okay. there was, was that question two or three. Two. Okay, cool. So you're at one and a half. But yeah, the um. I was when I was looking this up, I didn't. I was trying to find what they called them in the UK, but I could only find the US data. Um, but apparently, back in the '60s, the US had like seven food groups, and they split like um, vegetables. Didn't I mentioned seven. No, you you mentioned a bunch of other random stuff that, but they were all kind of in the same group. Like you said, flour and wheat and stuff, and what then about oils. Then you later came back to grains. Um, oils actually, when when there were seven of them, oils were their own mm. separate food group. Oils and fats. And was sugar one? Sugar was never one. Damn. I've campaigned for the rights of sugar. All right, you're at one and a half. Uh, I'm at a half. Hell yeah! Next question. This is a bit of a historical uh, question with a food element. Why? are some South and Central American regimes, or countries, referred to as banana republics? Because uh, the, um, wait, this is particularly southern states, right? No, 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 South America 
and Central America. Yeah. Like the continents, okay, not yeah. the country. Um, I mean, they were big on the whole slave trade and banana plantations. Uh, you're close. It has nothing to do with slavery. Oh. I mean, yeah, they had tons of banana plantations because it was like the right climate, I'm guessing. They um, did, but, a lot of but why were they signaled out as banana republics? Uh, I'm guessing they made a fuck ton of money. Maybe balloons was popular over there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're you're close. If you, I'm assuming, yeah, they made money off of it because it was like the easiest thing to grow. Trade from the Congo. You're no, you're okay. You're you're beating around it, and I'm I'm gonna give you. We'll call it a half point. I'm beating around the banana. You're beating around the banana. We'll give it. A, we'll call it a half point because. Okay. The reason that they're called Banana Republics is giant North American, specifically U.S. fruit companies, uh, found mm. that they could make massive profits by buying up a ton of land in the relatively corrupt areas in these countries. And just, mm -hmm. they made so much money from bananas alone, the countries and the yeah. companies, that these companies were essentially able to just buy off entire governments and... The governments were completely subservient to these U.S. fruit corporations because they were the entire industry of the country. Yeah. So a banana republic now is sort of a colloquialism for a country that is dependent on one resource and one resource only, or like one industry. Gotcha, that's what makes all the money, I yeah. see. So we'll call it a half point. Sippy sip. Alright, question four. What is the biggest crop in the U.S.? Not like the crop is the biggest, but the thing that we, the plant that we make the most of, the food plant that we make the most of. Bonus points if you can name the top two. Banana. <laughs> it's definitely not a banana. Uh, so sorry, crops. Yeah. Um, is it going to be something really boring like wheat? Because bread is so fucking diverse uh, is that a clue or is it you just being no I'm just, I'm just I'm just making weird faces at you okay uh, crop so okay uh, okay can I get a clue whether it's a vegetable or a fruit say vegetable corn Correct. Corn is our biggest uh, biggest crop. And now, uh, any guesses for the bonus point on what the second one is? Tomatoes? Nope. Second place is soybeans. Hmm. That really? should grow really well in our climate, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, corn is like the entire middle half of the country. Like, my, my mother's home state of Iowa is like 90% corn. <laughs> like, it's... Yeah, I was just kind of... I thought back to those, you know, old cheesy movies with like I don't know, they're always running through cornfields, so I was like, maybe they got a lot of corn in America. They do. You drive across the Midwest, and it's like just cornfields forever. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you yeah, got that one. Corny. Give yourself a point. Nice. Uh, up to three. Man, I am fucking rocking it. Four questions, three correct answers. You get two half points. Yeah, so three correct answers. <laughs> um, 
What is, according to YouGov, the most popular... Sorry, according to me, and you're calling me governor. Gosh. <laughs> according to you, Gov, what current, like, in 20, as of 2021, what is the most popular food in the UK? And I'll give you a hint, it's tied for first place. So there's two What's things the that could be right. food in the UK? Yeah, bonus point if you can get both of them, but you just need to name one of them. They're tied. Is this like a raw material, or is it like a... a it is a... It, it's like a, a meal of some kind. Uh, a Not meal, like an elaborate okay. meal, like a, like a, 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 like a Sunday dinner or something like that, but like... No. A food type. So, like, for example, fried chicken. That's not... I, I'll give you a hint. That's not what it is in the UK. It's not fried chicken. Okay. So, across the whole of the UK. Whole of the UK, the most popular food. And there are two things tied first place. One point if you can get them, get one of them. Bonus point if you can get them both. Okay. Uh, they're not including drinks. Uh... No, no, no drinks. It's if all it, food stuff. If it was like a meal, I would say like probably a curry, because <laughs> they're, they're very popular. Um, but just for a particular thing, I don't know. It, I imagine it would be some kind of. I mean, okay, if it was a meal, it would be like a stew probably, because everyone can make stews. Um. Oh, I don't know. Uh, like a burger? Are you, is that your answer? Because there's so many very... I mean, I know that's the wrong answer, but it's it's as, it's as good as I'm going to get. So, that is wrong. The yeah. two most popular foods in the UK... Actually, I actually have the top three written down. Tied first place are just chips. Like, chips. I was going to say fish and chips if it was a meal, but then I was like, well, that's very English. And fish, fish and chips was third place. So... Tied really? So is it chips, fish, and then fish and chips? No, 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 no. No, the top three in order are roast chicken, chips, okay. and then fish and chips. Chicken, chips, fish and chips. Okay. I mean, with the curry, I mean, chicken. Yeah, but it's it's the, the list I looked at specified roast chicken. Yeah, okay, that's fair enough. Uh, roast chicken. So that's a point for me. Hmm... Hmm, I guess I should, yeah, chips I should have written in. I was like, like I said, I was trying to stay away from fish and chips because I thought it was too English, and this is including, like, Ireland, Wales, and Scotland. Hmm. Um, so I was trying, like, like I said, broth or soup is kind of a lot more common. Like, across yeah, the, uh, I honestly was kind of surprised by the roast chicken. That I wasn't expecting that one. Hmm? I don't know. Really? I, I didn't know. I just, love our white meats over here. Yeah, well, roast roasted chicken specifically. I mean, I would expect, like, fried chicken to be up there in the U.S. Because, I mean, like, everyone eats that here. It's fucking delicious. Well, like, a Sunday roast is a big part of the culture over here. So, that's... And that tends to be... Yeah. Roast chicken. That's the thing. That might be why it, it's so high up there is because, like, of the whole idea of a mm. Sunday roast. Anyway, question... Cheaper than the other meats. Anyway, yes. Uh, wait, so I got nothing for that. Question six. And I thought this appropriate. I did another most popular. The most popular cheese in the U.S. And in the U.S. In the U.S. And now I will specify, the way they determined this was by the weight consumed per person over the course of a year. So, for, like, an, an entire year per capita in the U.S., 
the the top, and I'll even give you the weight. Um, this cheese was consumed. Oh, <laughs> no, no, it was eleven point five pounds per person across the entire year of twenty twelve. Coming out in kilos. Uh, in kilos, it's like four ish, around four, four kilos. Four kilos per year, did you say? Per per year per person. Okay. Am I, am I getting that right? Kilos, eleven pounds per person. Yeah. I think that sounds. It, it's it's pretty it's yes. pretty close. I'm 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 a lot better with the whole Fahrenheit Celsius conversion. I'm not that hmm. good with uh, kilos to pounds. But it's so, so it's a type of cheese, and eleven point five pounds per person was consumed in one year in the U.S. And that's that's how they made this determination. I'm imagining it's like that shitty plasticky cheese that gets thrown on literally everything. It's it's just um, called American cheese. Is that what that's called? It's called American cheese. Yeah. So like so yeah, this okay. could be like you know, it could be American, it could be cheddar, it could be uh, mozzarella, it could uh, be. So Prolo. it's between American, like I don't know, Monterey Jack maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, cheddar's obviously like world renowned, um, but I feel like it's too dry for the American palate. They're like a bit more. I I will give you a juiciness. Hint. I will okay. give you a hint. The answer surprised me. Okay. Can I ask a question? I don't know. I'll I'll listen to the question and I'll decide whether or not I'm going to answer it. Is it a well? It defines a smelly cheese, so like a blue cheese or a brie. No, soft cheeses. So it's a hard cheese. Okay. Oh, it's not necessarily hard cheese, but it's not a smelly cheese. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I ain't gonna I'm not gonna talk to you about its density, but I will say that yeah, it's so not a, a really smelly cheese. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I've. I've, I've and it's, got, thing it's, is, with the American cheese, you don't get it in large amounts, hmm. but there's a lot of it, like on everything. That is true. We, we they, do tend to put cheese on everything. Put it on fuck everything. Uh, like cheddar's probably the most regular. Like you get grated cheddar, you can pretty much put grated cheddar on anything. Hmm. But so it's America, I'm going to say American cheese, even though I'm pretty sure it's wrong. Yep, it is wrong. So the answer, cheddar was second place, actually. You're pretty close. Cheddar was nine pounds per person per year. But the top yeah. place goes to mozzarella. And you know why I think it's mozzarella? I think it's because of pizza. It's fucking pizzas. Exactly. Pizza is yeah. one of the most popular foods over here. And mozzarella, perfect cheese for pizza. There's a um, thing I've got to show you after this. Uh, the last project I did for my work, we we made a me and a group of three other people made a website which is actually live, mm. where it's like there's I think 23 different types of pizza, and it's like a versus thing, and you get 10 rounds, and you you choose which, and it calculates it in the database and shows you what the top 10 pizzas are based on what people picked. Oh my god, I went out to a restaurant little side story the other day and um, yeah. made my own pizza and oh, yeah. the pizza I made, it was so white pizza so like a cheese yeah. sauce as opposed to a like a marinara kind of sauce uh, bacon chicken, banana peppers garlic and oh, I had, oh red onions it was a fucking I... amazing pizza I've got like a, a a pizza story that always gives people the fucking chills. Uh, when back when I was in like college, mm. I was going out with this person, and 
we would have uh, fish pizza, mm-hmm. which had like tuna and uh, like prawns and this kind of. It w- it did not smell good. If yeah, and it also had garlic on it. It was like the worst smelling pizza ever, but it tasted so fucking good. I've had a shrimp scampi pizza before, where it's like you put it's like shrimp and you know some other shrimp and stuff. prawns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That 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 kind of makes sense to me. The the other kinds of fish on there that does seem a bit weird. Yeah, it had all kinds of fish. It was really nice, but yeah, it did stink. Um, all right, what are we sitting with the score right now? Uh, so that was the sixth question. I'm on three correct. Oh my god! I take a drink. Tied. Go for Got it. The uh, proper oh, yeah. fancy pinky out. Yeah. <clears throat> This is a historical question, but I feel like you could probably guess this even if uh, you don't know the backstory to it. So, okay. Prohibition era U.S., right? Oh yeah, fun times. Before they were before Prohibition had gone through, when they were trying to advocate for it, right? Um, so, when trying to defend beer specifically from the mm. Prohibition activists, what did the brewers claim about beer? Ah, uh, they would say it would like improve your eyesight or something. I w- it would do some kind of medical. They d- like they didn't get that specific. Was, I will say. Didn't get that. That's some very specific. Uh, it, it cures illnesses, ailments, because it gives you that pep to fight through. I I'm not sure if I will give you half credit or just tell you you're wrong on that one. <gasps> okay, so uh... I'll I'll give you one more shot because I will say that okay. you're kind of borderline there. It's oh, keep in it's mind that this, this is think keep in mind this quiz is about food. Yeah. Um, it is part of your um. Your your daily five food groups uh, that it keeps your body healthy and gets you through the day. I I will give it's you like a okay. vitamin. Still not not quite there, but I'll give you half credit. What they claimed okay. was that it is healthy and nutritious, and that it was basically liquid bread. Yeah. Okay. No, I can see that. That makes sense. So. I mean, it's bollocks, but it makes sense. Yeah. They they even actually thought it they 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 did little campaigns they thought that babies should sip some beer because it's good for them and everything like that like there were I mean, there were some hilarious like uh, cartoon ads where you see a mother like rocking her baby and just giving the baby like a little sip out of a stein and stuff like that. Who needs breastfeeding when you've got Heinberg? <laughs> <laughs> when you have beer. Mm. Uh, so yeah, half point on each of those. We're both should be at three and a half. Okay. <clears throat> Name at least two of the top food producing countries on Earth. And bonus points if you can name all four. South America. That's. Because they're like burning down the Amazon. Fa- Wait, countries. Not continents, not countries. Yeah, sorry. Um, Borneo. Borneo? No, Wait. I guess not. No, like the I can't remember the the the, the three cities. Um, Brazil. Brazil is one of them. Brazil. Uh, yeah, sorry, Borneo is a smaller country next to it. Um, 
Where else are they burning down rainforests? Uh, is that one of the top two, by the way? Brazil is the is number four. Um, so it's one of the top four, but Brazil is the four in fourth place. China, China's number one. China. <laughs> <laughs> so that's two of them. You can you can go for all four. Okay. There's two left. India. That's number two, actually. Well, India's tied technically for the middle two places. And continuing along the same strain, Mother Russia. No, actually. We make all the potatoes. Do you want it? To, it, it is not them. I, I'll let you take one more Fuck. guess, and then you've gotten three so far, so you've at least gotten it correct. You're, you're just going yeah. for the bonus point. Uh, if I was going through the countries, then I'd probably say Australia next, but I don't think it is. I think it's going to be something. Somewhere. I don't know. Do the Netherlands count as one? <laughs> Do they even farm there? <laughs> Alright, that's it. They've got, they're famous for windmills and stuff. So, in third place, actually, depending on how you measure things, potentially tied with India, the United States. Oh, yeah. We actually, Wait, hang on, so I couldn't have South America, but I could have the United States. I suppose it's not technically... There's, there's like a dozen like, countries in South America. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking like, about? It kind of, it's so fucking cute. Okay, I guess, yeah. I probably said China. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Oh my god. <laughs> I just kind of assume America... Like, America, North America, and the US are just the same thing in my head. <laughs> oh my god. Alright, so, yeah, no, so India and the US... Um, the the one statistic that the U.S. wins in is the U.S. is the most efficient food producer in the world. Like yeah. China to China is the top. This was actually in that video I sent you, wasn't it? Um, part of it, yeah, the yeah. One. But it's not yeah. where I got this answer from. But yeah, I do remember it being mentioned. In that. It's one one of the things that made me think of this question. Mm. So um, first of all, I got that wrong. Yeah, you got that true. right. No, you got that right. So. Um. But no, the um, China to be the top food producer, and it only beats us by a little bit, mm. they have 319 million people working to produce that mm. food. That's close to the entire population of the U.S. Yeah, so we're able to produce a lot of food very efficiently. Um, if it's about numbers, China almost always... In, in the world of top trumps, China is the yeah, fucking China, action man gyrocopter. Yeah, they've, they've got... Pretty much everyone beaten volume all the time. Yeah. So you get a point. You're at four and a half. Victor Logan. So this was a question that I wasn't even sure if I wanted to keep included. Because I found out... This this one actually surprised me. Question um, nine, right? So I, I will accept... There, there are two answers I will accept to this. One is a rumor or that turned out not to be true and one is the actual okay. answer so during lent right catholics mm. are supposed to not eat meat on fridays yeah but they're allowed to eat fish why is fish allowed even though it's also an animal because of jesus <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even hold it in as I was saying it. It was so dumb. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> it's because, I'm sorry, I'm just... Oh, fuck. Because Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's... Oh, fuck. I have, I'm not, it's been so long since I've read anything even slightly relating to religious text. Um... Oh, God, what is it about the fucking... The fish and the bread and the... It's, it's like... <laughs> oh, God, I can't say that. Um... That that is um so that's a story in the Bible. You're right. Jesus made John the fisherman. Yeah, but that is not specifically the reason. Okay. Uh, there's plenty of fish in the sea. Gotcha. Um, I'll give you I'll give you one more hint, and I'll allow you one more guess, and then I'm just gonna say okay. you got it wrong. Um, the false rumor that I will accept is that it has to do with politics and a certain country's ability to source food. And number two is it has to do with the way biblical scholars classified animals. Uh... It's fine. I almost thought about throwing this question out. So if you even get close, I think I'll give you half credit. I don't know, but if it has something to do with why everyone has fish and chips on a Friday, I'd be impressed. I mean, it probably does have a bit to do with that, actually, but that's not that's not one of the answers. I'll just tell you. Go. Yeah. All right. Um, so the thing, and I believed this for a long time, but actually in researching this question, I found out that it's not actually true. Uh, one right. of the rumors that went around for a long time was that the Pope at the time when this like decision was made... Um, made a deal with the king of Spain because they were heavily dependent on fish to feed their people. Turns out that that wasn't actually true. The The reason behind it, and the religious reason behind it, was mm. that technically it's not you don't eat animals on Fridays, it's you do not eat the flesh of warm-blooded creatures. Biblical scholars did not define right. fish as warm-blooded creatures. By science now, we know they are warm-blooded, but yeah. they... Well, most of them. They, they defined, yeah, like lizards and fish and things of the sea and all that, and they, they were all considered, um, you know, not warm-blooded animals, but mm. the uh, things that walked on the land and stuff, they were. So... Technically, you could eat salamanders during Lent. If you wanted to. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, that's a point for me. But I mean, technically, without Jesus. <laughs> the, the, the bread and the fish story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can see. No. I'm not giving I was that. never going to get this answer correct. <laughs> no, but I, I have mentioned the whole, like, cause, because I believed it for a long time, I have mentioned the whole, like, making a deal with the Spanish king before. I thought maybe you'd remember yeah, it. Spaniards. Oh, God, no. I'd never even heard of that. So, question 10. Back in, um, years ago, there was... <laughs> The, Back in Jesus times. No, no, it was only like a it was like a decade or two ago. Okay. There was a particular liquor that was in danger of not being able to produce to be able to be produced in its purest form because one of the ingredients for it was getting wiped out at a prodigious rate. Um What is that liquor? And bonus point if you can name the ingredient that 
you know, could no longer, that, like, that couldn't be produced. That's the thing. I'm trying to work out what the ingredient is first, and I think that's going to... So, so liquors, like, and so it's, it's some of, like, the cardinal ones. So, like, I'm, I'm talking about, like, you know, whiskey, vodka, gin, tequila, rum. Like, I'll, I'll narrow it down. It's one of those five. Okay. Dead air. But, sorry, yeah. For all those listeners, I, I'm deep in thought. Uh, so it wouldn't be whiskey because you can basically... No, sorry, it wouldn't be vodka because you can basically make vodka out of anything. Yeah, so we can safely um, knock vodka out. I mean, tequila, what's that made from? I don't even know. I know you put limes in it, but... But yeah, that, that's, that's later. That's after it's already tequila. Yeah, that's already formed. Um, uh, rum, you can basically just make from spices. Yeah, it's it's just fermented sugar, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, what else was on the list? Uh, the others. Whiskey. Yeah, whiskey. I'm gonna say whiskey. Whiskey. Do you know what whiskey's made out of? No. What? Something in Scotland. Wheat, barley, rye, all very, very common crops. Common things. Yeah. I don't know what tequila's made out of either. To be fair. Uh, was there something else on the list that I'm missing? Uh, let me go through. Uh, gin. Gin. I can't remember what gin's made of. It's like, it's kind of the same way the vodka's made, isn't it? Yep, and then they just add, like, spices and stuff to it. Yeah. I'm gonna... Uh... I'm going to go with tequila because I don't know what it's made of. Going with the Hail Mary. You're right. Tequila is made from the blue agave cactus. Um, oh, wait. What am I drinking? <laughs> yeah, it's me. Uh, the blue agave cactus, they were in Mexico, like, burning out these bats that they thought were pests. But actually, right. these bats are key to pollinating and, like, crossbreeding the cacti so that they actually have genetic diversity. So See. several farmers lost entire fields of cacti to disease. Because they were genetically right. identical, and Oops. so it was. It, so now there's a huge conservation effort going on in Mexico, where they're breeding the bats, and the, the farmers are letting a certain percentage of their cacti grow until they flower and allow the bats to, you know, pollinate mm, them. Pollinate. Um, mm. So it's it's coming back now. But for a while, blue agave was, uh, you know, it was it was on its way out. Yeah, all that talk of alcohol made me want to drink. <laughs> Uh, hell yeah, I want 5.5. Tequila's pretty good. I mean, like, good tequila. Yeah, I'm not a massive fan. But I, again, I It's not something tequila. that I, I like too much. Um, but as an occasional drink, it's pretty much the only liquor I can tolerate shooting. Like, I don't... Right. I hate shots. Like, I, I like yeah. to have, like... If I have a drink, I like to be a nice drink that I sip on and, you know, enjoy. If I'm gonna have a shot... This is going to sound weird. I want it to be something that tastes freaking awful. Because I don't want to have a shot of something that's nice. Well, that's the thing. You don't shoot, uh, like... You don't... I wouldn't ever shoot, like, a, a nice scotch. Right? No. You want to... I once had... And this is going to sound really fucking gross. Uh, we were at um, mm. a bar in my local area. And the person I was with was like, Give us your cheapest shots. And they gave us a choice of two. And the person was just like... Whatever, just just pick one for us. And the bartender put up like ultra spicy vodka. 
and this thing fucking burns. And yeah, it, it just it had the, the taste of vodka, and then it just burnt afterwards. That's fucking... <laughs> it was not good. I would not have more than one of them. Holy shit. I, I have a... So I have another similar story. So... When I went to college, I was one of the first people in my dorm to turn, or my group of friends to turn 21. Uh, Juan mm. and I actually turned 21 on the exact same day, because we had the same birthday, obviously. So we were the mm. first ones. We only had two other people we knew. One was um, my ex from college, who was older than me, and the other one was one of our roommates. And so when we went out, it was just the like the four of us. Um, I stayed really good friends with my ex afterwards, which mm. I don't know if that sounds weird that she was out with us on the 21st. But um, like later when like one of our last friends to turn 21, he was somewhere in the middle of the group, but he turned 21. And so we went out, you know, it was a group of like this time it was a group of seven of us. And one of the girls who had gone out with, um, you know, Juan and I when we turned 21 um she's like oh let's do a round of shots and she's like oh you know we'll take uh you know a round of shots and they're like okay yeah what what do you want and um to this point they hadn't asked for our ids yet you know being a college mm. town they, they usually do and it was only when my friend goes oh yeah you just you know whatever the the you know the cheapest whatever you have is or like it was the cheapest whiskey or something like the cheapest tequila or something like that and they're like okay we need to see everyone's id once she said it was yeah. you know give me the cheapest shit you got they're like yeah let you you don't. Yeah, I'm got jobs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's see some ID. Um, we were all over 21, so it wasn't a problem. But I think the thing I've most of the, like shot stuff that I've drunk has been sambuca, and I, I don't find that too bad. The the funny bit of that story when we went out on our 21st, just Juan and I, mm. um, we didn't get carded that night, and you want to know why? Is because we went out to the like we'd been drinking beforehand, just as like a. Just for, for yeah, for funsies, and then we went out to the bar like at midnight when we turned twenty-one, and um, we went to the. And it was a fairly nice place that we went to, and they didn't card us because what did we order? Like both of us had nicer taste. I ordered a glass of single malt Scotch whiskey on the rocks. Yeah. Juan ordered a, ga a glass of EXO cognac. Yeah. Didn't Not bother party drinks. No, they didn't card us at all. They're like, okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Oh god. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Off on Let's memory lane. You've got five questions left. What 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 does the score sit at right now? Uh, I'm on five point five, so I'm point five ahead. Okay. So, <clears throat> and I want the the scientific answer to this question. Is a tomato a vegetable or a fruit? Sorry, what? Is a tomato? A vegetable or a fruit? And I want the scientific answer. A tomato is... <laughs> End score. <laughs> um, oh, God. All right, so... Uh, it's a fruit. You're right. Nutritionally... It is considered a vegetable, but scientifically it is a fruit because it has seeds, and it grows out of a flower. I was trying to think of the reason, because it still goes out of the ground, it's just, but it's like yeah. a juicy thing. So a, not a... Yeah, a vegetable is part, is like part of the plant, typically, but a fruit is something that grows, like it flowers, and then buds, and then grows, mm. and has seeds inside of it. Hmm. Well, bam, that's another point. 
Um, we're, we're pretty see. even on this so far. You kidding me? You're, You're 4.51, 6.5. We were even before you got that point. Even-ish. Um, why? This is the question about eggs. Why are eggs in the UK and Europe not refrigerated and less likely to give salmonella than the ones in the US? Good food standards? No, we both have uh, food industries. That's not it. You have a standard. There, there's one specific thing that the US does to the eggs that the Europeans and UK people uh, don't. Probably some kind of pesticide stuff that we're not allowed to spray on. I don't know, when preserving them, I'm guessing. Uh, but that wouldn't make, make a difference with the uh, refrigerating, I don't think. Yeah. Um, I don't know, our cocks are bigger. Sorry, I had to say it. <laughs> I just looked over at my recording too. And me, me slamming my hand down on the desk came through on the mic. <laughs> Um, God, no, I want to say something about, like, I don't know, the way that the chickens are treated, I'm assuming, but it must be something after that, because if it's to do with the how long they last, then it must be how they're processed. I If if that's your final answer, I'll give you half credit for that one, because that's as good as I'm gonna do. it's both. Um, in, the, in the UK and Europe, you guys... Hmm don't like so in the u.s we don't put vaccines in our livestock at least not in our chickens and the eggs are washed uh when they come out which removes a protective membrane layer uh, which means that if they had any kind of salmonella or anything inside them it's only going to be removed by cooking or and you don't want to yeah. have it accelerated by refrigerating them in the uk and europe they keep that protective membrane layer and you guys vaccinate your chickens against salmonella. So you you do treat the birds themselves, but then on top of that, there's a like the washing was introduced because they thought it was more sanitary in the US and now it's in law, so they can't get rid of it. Um, right. If they left that protective membrane on the egg, it actually is better for it because it acts as an antibiotic. I see. Well, so half chin chin. All right. Hmm. Here's a fun little uh, cooking tidbit. Yeah. What are the ingredients used to make pasta? Specifically to, to make any kind of pasta. To make pasta. To make pasta. I'll give you a hint. There's uh, three ingredients. Uh, wheat. That's one. Uh... What would the, the, the bonding agent be? Some kind of like. I don't, uh, it's not milk, is it? It's not milk. No, it's not milk. Some like soy shit. It's not soy. Because remember, pasta was around before soy was introduced to Europe. True. Uh, egg. Egg, that's correct. One more ingredient. Although not all pasta is made with it. Like, pastas are made from different things. There, so the, the, the ingredient that changes is the first one. So it can be flour, it can be wheat, it can be grains, it can be a bunch of different stuff. But it's... Well, I think, like, noodles, for example, are made in a completely different way. They like, are, but I'm specifically noodles. talking about pasta. When I say pasta, I mean right. the sort of shit that you get out of Italy. 
Yeah, so green, egg, and... Last one's very simple. I mean, flower is green. Yeah, it is. And yeah, that's in no. the first one. Even though they use it multiple times, I think. Uh, uh, is it that simple? I don't know. You got, you got the guess. Let's go for it. <laughs> licorice. I don't know. <laughs> licorice. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know. Do you do you not have any guess? Uh, water. Uh, no. Salt. Fuck. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's just salt. It's eggs. I mean, salt goes into everything. I should just guess. I guess. Yeah, eggs, some kind of grain, and then salt. That's all it is. That's all you make your pasta. Mm. That's you, though. Damn. So, that was no point for that, or...? Yeah, no point for that. I get a point for that. Damn. I've been lenient on other ones. I'm not going to be lenient for that one. Okay. Okay. So, we talked about the hamburger earlier, right? Hmm. Did we? Oh, we did. You mentioned it. You thought it was a popular food in the UK. Oh, yeah, but it was wrong. It was wrong. You're right. <laughs> You're right about being wrong. Um, Thank you. Do I get a point for that? <laughs> what is the origin? What is the origin? Like, where did it originate? Oranges. The hamburger. Uh, oh, well, you know, it was um, Sun Tzu famously said he went to that foreign land and he went, there was this meat in a bun and it was the size... <laughs> Of, of a, a tangerine. tangerine. God damn it. God <laughs> damn it. It's in the Art of War. Famous quote. I've read the Art um, I read the Art of War when I was thirteen. It's a good book, damn it. So the um the origin of the hamburger. Yeah. Yeah. I like I, I Are will, you asking where it was? I or? will accept the geographical location or the original method that brought it about. I feel like it's one of these trick questions like um like like everyone's like pizzas were made originally in Italy when they're actually kind of the modern anticipation of a pizza is kind of made in America it's not a trick uh, question I'm, I'm talking about like old world it was not in the US it was somewhere you know old world that it came from I will give you that hint not a trick question go, uh like I don't know Rome Gaul they'd put pieces of meat between bread Counts as a hamburger, or are we talking like even fur probably further back than that? To be honest, I. You know it's what? Like I said only one hint, but I'll give you another one. You're too far back. Romans didn't have sandwich in a bun. No, 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 no! Not sandwich in a bun. Specifically, hamburgers like ground meat, patted down, cooked, ground meat, and okay. then so like industrial esque era, maybe. Uh, blighty old England. <laughs> no. Probably not correct, but we ruled most of the world, so fuck you. <laughs> I will, um. Yeah. No, wait, it's gonna be. Ah, oh, no. no, no. Wait, what, what, sorry, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say something crazy like Turkey. <laughs> no. You're actually closer with Turkey than you are with England. Um, yes. Hamburg, Germany. 
Oh, I should have fucking guessed that. It was from Hamburg, Germany, and it was because German immigrants from that area came to the U.S. and popularized the Hamburg steak, which eventually became yeah. the hamburger. Um, but the bonus point, the, it originated from the Huns. The Huns used to pack horse meat uh, underneath their saddles, and as they rode throughout the day, it would like pound against the saddle and the Squish horse's it. back, and it would tenderize it and cook it. And so by the end of the day, they had you know, this ground like very tender meat that they could cook and it was that was where the hamburg steak originated from anyway we call it squashed horse ass meat <laughs> that's you <laughs> this uh, was that question 14 or 15 14 15 you got one more left oh my God, and this, this, is this a one cider. this one should be fairly You're close on, to home we're both on 7 so chips versus fries Mm. The uh, the ever present debate. So of the uh, the Anglican remains of the British Empire, of the uh, the the uh, uh, English speaking Commonwealth, as it were, mm -hmm. how many of the former Empire and Commonwealth countries, specifically the English speaking ones, use the word chips, and how many use the word fries? And I will. I will. I made this. I made the answer a little bit easier because I kind of you. You don't have to count the number of countries or anything like that. Is it more than half or less than half that use the word chips? I'm gonna say it's just come down to fifty-fifty question. Who wins this? It wins really this, is. Uh, it's, it's a fifty-fifty question. Um, uh, if it helps, I, I can name the countries. No. Okay. It's not going to help. Um, I'm pretty sure most people in the world call them fries. Final answer. But they also love going on the wrong side of the road in in Europe. So. No, no. I'm talking about co not talking countries in the world. I'm talking about specifically former British colonies. Oh yeah, I'm gonna. Oh, There's only seven of them that, that are on this list. I'm gonna say... People said fries more. You are wrong. Fuck. Of the former British colonies, the countries being, by the way, um... New Zealand, Australia... You know New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, the UK, Ireland, the US, and Canada. Only the US and Canada use fries primarily. The Australians are kind of a hybrid, um, but they still mostly use chips. Hmm. And so... Well, at least that. I may have lost the quiz, but I've won in the chips. So... Of those... of those, Oh, I, I kind of already gave it away in the thing. Uh, I had a bonus question there. Actually... Yeah, fuck it. Bonus question. Maybe you didn't hear me properly. Maybe you did. How many exact numbers? There's seven Two. total. What? You, you. Two countries say fries, five say chips. God damn it, you did actually hear me. Whatever. I'll finish <laughs> what I have, you finish what you have. We'll GG. Yep, cheers. Got time to left. That was, um... What did you, what did you think of that quiz? That was good. 
I tried. to be a lot of history questions, though. I I know <laughs> they, they always end up creeping in there because it's what I know. That's fine. My my quizzes always have random fucking questions, which just pop into my head, so it's understandable. I tried to keep it all food related, though, and I tr even the mm. history questions. I tried to keep them things that you could probably guess, even if you didn't have the knowledge. Yeah, they were they were really good quiz. What was the? It was a really fucking long quiz. Well, we took a few uh, side trips yeah. in there, especially in the alcohol ones. Oh yeah. Oh, god. Well, all right. Oh, yeah. GG. I think that that's gonna have to be the end. We actually did, I think, go a little bit long there. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Fifty-five minutes. Wait, was it really that long? Yeah, <laughs> I just checked. Jesus Christ! I did not realize it was. All right. Oh, well, God, uh, this is gonna be the end of episode forty-eight of the TMCJ podcast. Uh, thank you all for listening to this extremely long episode. Jesus, we're getting more and more long-winded by the day. Um, but yeah, hopefully you'll tune in again soon. Have an awesome week, and chips the best.